I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. I'm Liz Lundberg. And we love to watch. We love to watch magical date rape musicals. Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. Hey gang, we got the gang back together. <laughs> Everyone, we, it is it is three of us. We could all start rapping in the middle of the streets. Absolutely. <laughs> I I messaged Rick Kelly before this, and I said, "What do you want me to say about Teen Witch?" And he said, "I need you to rap." And I said, "Absolutely <laughs> not." But that is what the listeners want, even though it's not going to happen. Uh, I didn't even know that was on the table. So <laughs> all you've done is you should have waited till the very end of the episode to share yeah. that. Because well, now. Three things about Liz. Number one, loves to be withholding. Yep. <laughs> Number two, gets been. off on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what could have been would have been so sweet. Obviously, uh, Liz joined us for our Gymkhana episode, a really fun episode. Uh, this was actually. Um, so this is the first week of the much uh, talked about for a very long time uh, musical month we're doing. Uh, we're going to talk into it for, talk about it further. Uh, we're doing it because I like musicals. Uh, Pete, in general, does not like musicals. We don't know where Liz stands on musicals yet. We're going to – we'll talk about that soon. Um, you're, you're just giving me more opportunities to be withholding, though. That's <laughs> true. You've established I like being withholding. <laughs> oh, look at her getting off. Absolutely. Uh, so – this is our first week. We're doing Teen Witch. We're very happy to have Liz on. Uh, we're going to forego a game today and instead talk a little bit about uh, our our feelings on musicals in general. Some some we like, some we dislike. But before we do that, Liz, why don't you let our audience get to know you a little better? With you don't have to do three things again. Okay, unless you want to. Because I totally forgot about this. Yeah, we've actually <laughs> we've actually been moving away from second time guests, forcing them to continue to number do numbered things. So gotcha. instead, why don't you just why don't you just introduce yourself to our audience? That's good because I only have three things about myself to say, so I've run out. <laughs> um, I am Liz. I. Oh shoot! I don't have anything about myself. I am number one. Doesn't have anything about herself. Number one. I have no characteristics. I am an amorphous blob. <laughs> I'm much like Ditto from your Earth Pokemon series. Um, <laughs> all of my friends have podcasts now, and I'm feeling a little uh, menaced by that. I've been people are trying to press gang me into be creating a podcast. Uh, if you guys have any ideas, I am welcome to hear them. Can um, you title it? All my friends have podcasts. Yes, I'm the last person I know to have a podcast. <laughs> um, the podcast about why I don't want to do a podcast. Every every episode we have a different pilot for a new episode. Except that would just be the Andy Daly yeah. podcast pilot project. So, uh, so yeah, so we're gonna let's we'll let's get into it. So you know, before we kind of talk about our general feelings on musicals, you know, our kind of tagline for this is that Aaron hates musicals. 
Uh, or wait, <laughs> that is not our tagline. Aaron <laughs> likes musicals. Peter doesn't like musicals. And we're going to talk about a bunch of musicals that, for the most part, neither of us had seen. Uh, but I still feel like that's kind of an unfair description. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a quick story, and that's gonna circle around to my bigger point. Um, it was like when my dad for Christmas would always like get me a DVD of like he would he would give me like a DVD of like four episodes of the Andy Griffith Show. And I was like, oh okay, thanks. And and his res- and his response would be like, well, I know you like DVDs, right? Like you you collect all those DVDs, so yeah, I thought you'd like it. It's a DVD. <laughs> You're a fan of the medium itself. Yeah. I love this idea of people who are fans of a medium, like just, just data delivery device. You love flash drives, right? Like, yeah. you just love USB flash drives. I see you with You're... them all the time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just need something to decorate my shelves. Or like, or like, oh, I saw you at that women's rally. I got you a copy of Triumph of the Will. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just yeah. you I like mean, rallies. I just like, I just like protests. In terms of aesthetics, the DVD is not an attractive object in any form in box form in the box form it's ugly (laughs) in the actual thing itself it's ugly. it's just the best thing that blu-ray did is made the boxes smaller yeah and and a little bit more sleek but not that much they're still kind of weird looking and this may shock you but the two dollar dvd of four episodes of the andy griffith show does not even have good uh, box side art it's not uh, a criterion i think it was just a font they found lying around <laughs> they slapped on the side someone was throwing out boxes of rotten fonts and they just oh, grabbed it get these fonts out of here i lost eight jobs because this was my oh, resume font oh man yeah. this is Times old oh. Roman Jesus. This is from seventies. <laughs> it's Helvetica with two L's. <laughs> that's that's oh. a terrible metal band. I'm sure. Yes. Already. <laughs> um. So my point in that was that it was easy to generalize this thing. We're like, well, yeah, I like DVDs of movies. I like, and I kind of feel like that's the same thing for musicals. Why I say that I like musicals. I mean, I probably like what. 20% of the musicals that I've seen, I, I feel like it's the same thing for any genre that, you know, if I say I like action movies, there's probably way more action movies I have no interest in seeing than <laughs> let alone ones that I've seen or, you know, seen and enjoyed. So we're still talking, I, I feel, about that spectrum of like 20, 25, 30% of movies in a genre that I like the genre in general, but but it doesn't mean that like just because it's an action movie, just because it's a science fiction movie. I like it just because it fits into that genre. So I think though what and this is what I want to kind of get into with Peter. So but Peter is much more of a you probably like what 0.2% of the musicals that you've seen that in general, this is the only genre of movies that you almost wholly reject. This isn't about that. Even the good ones are generally considered good ones or favorite ones. You just have no interest in because it, it falls into this genre of musicals. I don't think we've ever spoken about why they don't work for you, Peter. So let's, why don't you tell our audience and your co-host and our guest Liz, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> uh so first off for this month i'd like to open up the barrage of hate i'll probably receive on this by saying that uh i uh, there are some musicals i do like i'll name a few uh in a in a few minutes but um i don't generally like i've seen a lot of musicals live uh i've only really enjoyed one of them 
I really liked Book of Mormon. That's because I found it really funny. Uh, it's kind of a pat answer. Uh, but I don't like the conventions of musicals, generally. Uh, I find a lot of musical theater uh, kind of embarrassing in a lot of ways. Uh, and I know that it's like this wonderful home for people. And a lot of people see musical theaters as like place where they can like be themselves or like if it's like more outsider musical theater, like where they can let their like freak flag fly and like be the, the you know, be at home with the rest of the, the weird kids. And like, I really respect it from that perspective, like the musical as you know, an aspect of theater that like gets, especially like in, in high school, there's a reason that like a lot of the nerdy kids get into musical theater and a lot of my friends in high school were into musical theater and that's because it was like kind so of... So were you, were you left out of musical theater, Peter? Is that, is that where no, this comes I from? <laughs> I was going to say, is I actually dated uh, a musical girl in high school, so... I don't have anything against <laughs> Wait a minute, people. wait a minute. Was she Mr. B Natural? Like, <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? A musical girl. Oh, of, listen. When she listen. walked, melodies came. <laughs> listen. Uh, some of my best friends are musical people. Yeah, it, it does. It does kind of feel like we're talking about that. <laughs> like, I think I, I think I just want to establish that I'm not saying you're stupid for liking musicals. Mm. I'm merely saying that I want to get off on the right foot this month and say that like there are some parts of the the genre that just really bugged me in almost every single almost every single example and there are exceptions to the rule because I'm not a crazy person <laughs> and that I want to I want this to be more of an intervention than a uh, a hate fest for a month because that would be kind of against the spirit of the show I think I was expecting a less confusing explanation <laughs> uh, Liz I don't maybe Liz I don't know if I'm the only one here that feels like I now have 20 more questions to follow up with I want to know about dating to... Mr. B natural that's all I want to know about <laughs> did she keep the pantsuit on in the boudoir <laughs> I think I'm gonna need you to define all of those words uh... <laughs> Even I, just the way, even just the way you were like, you know how all those nerdy kids like musicals, like, but you weren't saying it in a way that sounded mean. I, I, I don't know I what's think, going on. I do here. not think it was mean. I think, I, I think I understood what you were saying. It sounded like a very long um, way to defend yourself from a terrible thing you were about to say. <laughs> it does it's it did sound point. like that the whole point is i didn't want to shit on musicals as this like wonderful home that people see it as mm -hmm. particularly like a lot of people are very attached to musicals because like they in like high school or like later on in life they see it as this like sort of like bastion of beauty and hopefulness for the world even though not every musical is like zippity doodah mm -hmm. yeah um, i can't wait till we talk about cabaret next week <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not every musical but cabaret and book of mormon and certain musicals like that are kind of like reacting to the tropes of the genre so i guess i guess that still doesn't explain though and and, and so i i feel like i appreciate that that you were trying to let everyone know that if you like musicals it's okay to to feel that way um, but what, why, what do you, what is your issue with people breaking into song in movies that you don't like? Um, I think it's a lot of it has to do with, uh, a, it's accompanied by dance and I don't generally like dance movies either. Like I, I'm just like generally confused. Cannot wait to by... talk about Teen Witch where they've removed <laughs> yeah, the musical yeah. and just included the dancing. <laughs> I'm generally confused sometimes by uh, dance segments in movies. And I'm like, I yeah, I guess I'm in, impressed you learned this thing. Um, I'm like, yeah, you 
You're a better dancer than me. I agree with that. Uh, it's just not a form of art. That, it's not a form of art that I'm particularly like enticed by in any way. I like don't care about watching people dance. It's like visual noise to me. So, so, so hold on. So hold on. So when you see someone dancing, I like film to dance. or in a music video, <laughs> you see that as a direct challenge to your dancing ability. Exactly. As them saying to you specifically, they're better dancers than you. <laughs> it sounds like you respond to dancing like I respond to juggling, where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, you can do that. I guess if you spent time to learn to do that, then you can do that. That's cool. I, I'm exactly. not- <laughs> I've never, I've never considered Peter at all, not once, like even remotely narcissistic until this moment, <laughs> where all, of, where all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, oh bring in the dance move, sure. Now I look like an idiot every time I try to dance at a wedding. You're making me look bad, Michael Jackson. No, no. In real life, it's different than in a movie because in a movie, there's this sort of like. Literally. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you think when they dance in movies that doesn't happen in real life? <laughs> It's all, it's all strings and pulleys. And, all those animated dance movies. I hate them so much. Yeah. <laughs> that Gene Kelly always throwing it in my face. They're, they're all green screen. Oh, they're all, I hate those dancing puppet movies. I hate those Roy Harryhausen <laughs> dance movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That'd be awesome. Watch the Cyclops dance. <laughs> uh, the mood catches him. Um, so, yeah, there's there's one. That's one aspect is that like generally in movies like, and I do like I even like some dance movies like I like Magic Mike and Bring It On. Like those are pretty like traditional movies where like if you don't like dancing, you're probably not going to enjoy like 60 percent of the movie. Um, do you not like it in movies where someone can lift something that's heavier than you could lift? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a Hercules movie because I just feel like it would make me too bad. Um, no, it's not because, it's not yeah. You're putting words in my mouth, but I'm going to allow it, okay? We're <laughs> painting broad strokes here. Uh, uh, so, so, so is, is that a lip sync joke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm left with so many more questions. Uh, Liz, why don't you let's move on for a second while I collect myself and try to put words into not song form for Peter's sake. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Liz, what is your, what are your feeling on musicals? What are some of your favorites? What will, well, Peter and I can talk about our favorites after that too, but what is your general, general feelings on the genre? I have pretty complicated feelings about musicals. Um, I, yes. I yes. feel like, yeah, I'm actually kind of simpatico with peter on this um you think it's a direct a, challenge to you yeah absolutely for sure um i mean i'm openly narcissistic so um i uh as a queer person um i i, I always had this kind of i think i grew up in a i went to a very weird school i went to a private christian school uh for middle school and high school and the musical kids were not like musical kids literally anywhere else they were the kids who got straight A's were also all the musical kids and like the like two or three weirdos that we had all listened to death metal and so like they were completely different categories so whenever they did like modern musicals i always associated it with those kind of people rather than the weirdos and the outcasts that it sounds like a lot of other schools kind of felt like it was um i think it was actually more like the version of the school play that you always see in movies where like the jock gets the main acting role which like a <laughs> Apparently didn't happen in a lot of people's experiences, but basically did in mine. Um, so you went to say by the bell. Basically. Um, I mean, okay, I'm going to 
the ultimate was the year that they did Fiddler on the Roof. This is a school full of waspy Protestants, white <laughs> as hell Protestants, doing Fiddler on the Roof. It was questionable. <laughs> um, I, I feel bad because I love musicals up until when they discovered rock music. Like the minute, <laughs> the minute that people who listen to musicals started listening to rock music, I can't do it anymore. Which is also the time when they started letting queers in or like out, out queers at least. <laughs> so I feel so weird about it. It was like my people took over and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I like it when it's all the boring, incredibly straight people doing it. Um, I feel guilty about that, but it's true. Um, you're like when G- you're like if Gene Autry's not on the stage, I just oh, don't care about it. Yeah, if there's not an inscrutable blackface sequence that they cut out on TV, but are finally put back in on DVD, and you're like, I watched this movie 30 times. I don't remember this. Uh, that was Christmas and Holiday Inn this year for us. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be Swing Time. Oh yeah, all well, that too. Um, oh yeah, so I don't like musicals also because they're they're racist. Um, oh, for all sure. of them. <laughs> La La Land, I haven't seen. I heard it's racist. I'm just gonna stick with that. I mean, there's this very specific moment in musicals, so and I think I can pin it down to the scene in White Christmas where it's the choreography song. <laughs> you know that song they're doing where uh, he's like they're. In New York City, they're all doing choreography, and it's like making fun of these like people in grad school or something. I don't know what it is. But I haven't seen feels... that, but now I'm regretting buying White Christmas as a blind buy. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the exact moment where musicals started changing, because like he's really uncomfortable about these people doing in turtlenecks doing choreography. Uh. <laughs> oh, turtlenecks. That's, that's yeah, a no. coded term. Turtlenecks is exactly what, like, the whole thing is just people in turtlenecks, and it's like, we know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny because you guys all have, you both of you have complicated yeah, reasons. What do you mean for... by you guys? Okay. <laughs> Non-musicals? I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying you, you non-musies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or complicated musies. Um, <laughs> you, you, you have you very, we're, very, we're very music curious. Music curious. You have complicated <laughs> reasons, but obviously Peter's got some weird stuff he's got to work out. Yeah, Liz, he's got your an answer. Girlfriend, he's trying to escape. Yeah, I think so. I think there's something <laughs> weird going on there. We'll, we'll get into it on our next podcast. I guess. Which I is, mean, Mister B Natural can teleport, so I'm understand being afraid of her. <laughs> She's been known to show up in people's bedrooms. <laughs> Mr. B. Uh, that was more Mr. Bill. Yeah. Uh, but my so my uncomplicated reasons for liking musicals is I like uh, songs and I like uh, dancing and I like movies. So I find that when you combine all three of those things and I enjoy the songs and the dancing doesn't get too overpowering. Like you don't I wasn't get insulted. You don't feel insulted by dancing. <laughs> no, I don't see it as a personal challenge. If anything, okay. I'm like. Maybe I could learn something here. I don't immediately reject something just because I can't do it, is what I'm saying. Which is why I like Air Bud. (laughs) You really want to learn some stuff. Yeah, I I could do that. I could be a dog. I could make a shot from the same spot every once in a while. (laughs) What if there was a What if there was a rule that dogs can play? Can't. uh, What if there was no rule that dogs can't play, but there was a rule that you couldn't play? That would be very insulting. Me, me, me specifically. Aaron. Aaron All right, well, Aaron. Not allowed. Aaron, Aaron Armstrong. Uh, well, it says here in the rule book, ironically, <laughs> even though you don't poop on the court that we're aware of, you can't play. 
<laughs> yeah, so I guess I mean, so that's why I said like I like mu- I like the musicals that I like the music to, uh, where the dancing is um, entertaining, not overpowering. It's why I never really got into an American in Paris because the last forty minutes of that is like dancing that borders on uh, extremely boring after a while. Yeah, and I can actually yeah. get a CD of that, you know, yeah. and just listen to it. <laughs> the good part, exactly. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's. You know, some of my favorite musicals are like, you know, from the old ones. I really, I really do like Swing Time. I like, I like Top Hat. I like um, Singing in the Rain. Obviously, uh, more recent ones. You know, I, I like. I don't feel like most of my choices are all that uh, out there. Like, I love Little Shop of Horrors. I like Jesus Christ Superstar. I like um, even more recent. I like the 2006 uh, Reefer Madness musical. That's really good. I like Doctor Horrible. I like uh, Sing Street oh, from this year. Like, you Dr. know, it's horrible. Is so fucking irritating. I couldn't stand Doctor horrible oh my god i really i, I, I could not do it um yeah do you like so, the buffy episode uh once more with feeling no no, no. that sounds no. even worse i cannot uh, ugh. that that muse that episode i is like the it's the fundament like it's the musical i like the least in the world like it captures everything i dislike about musicals it is so it is so like i don't know it's so full it felt like it was patting patting itself on the back the entire time Um, (laughs) well it was (laughs) have you listened to hamilton yet peter I, I got like 15 minutes into Hamilton and I really couldn't stand it. It was way even too- though even though there was no dancing, it was that you could see. Cute. It was They're probably see and self satisfied in a way that I did don't I just don't like in musicals. That's another. That's why th- I say don't. Um, that's another yeah. thing that bugs me about musicals is that well that's because that's who I kind of associate it with the kids who are like. I don't watch TV. I read books like uh, Harry Potter, that kind of thing. Like, they're (laughs) really proud of themselves. Um, Even now, like, at the college I go to, one of the people I know who is, like, the most insistently musical-focused is the same girl who would always be in class like, yeah, kids today don't read enough anymore. And I look over and on her desk, she has a copy of Holes. And I'm like, you're in a 200-level English class in college and you're reading holes and you want to get i'm gonna tell you a secret about me which is that i i am naturally an incredibly um what's the word uh judgmental person (laughs) and i try to keep it under wraps but i'm like the dexter of being judgmental because (laughs) if you are judgmental i feel free to be as judgmental as i possibly can towards all of your media taste so when like you're like oh people don't read enough anymore i'm like oh really let's let's go to your bookshelf let's do this i'm you've invited me over to do this so i'm excited that uh peter's ex-girlfriend is in your college class oh yeah no she is (laughs) holy shit that's the hardest anyone's ever made me laugh on this show Uh, i think i wish no if mr b natural was in my college class there'd be one other queer person at my school and it'd be great I, I so it's funny just because like I was in a couple musicals in high school. I didn't really like our musical group. They were they were definitely sounded way more like your experience, Liz, where they were very uh they were the straight A students, they were very straight laced, and I didn't really hang like I liked acting and, and I was never a good singer. And so and some of some of our plays had, you know, had songs. So I had to fumble my way through those. But I I understand because I felt like the group that I was hanging out with with which kind of liked musicals for the sake of like they thought it was an important thing that they had to like. Yeah. And I just never really engaged with that. I I could see how if I had uh, 
like hung out with and engaged them that at some point that would have driven me crazy because it was like all they would talk about was stuff like West Side Story or uh, Brigadoon or uh, Guys and Dolls. And I'll tell you what, the, the for the most part, a lot of those MGM musicals from the 50s and 60s, like with some exceptions like Singing in the Rain, they didn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. But I could see how that could get frustrating because I agree that there is a contingent of people that this idea of like musicals and liking musicals brings out like this this kind of uh, faux sophistication in their art. Mm-hmm. And that's a very frustrating thing to engage with as, as people. <laughs> I'm, um, and I, I, I think in general, it's something we try to avoid doing on this show that like you can like your, you know, Godard movies and you can like your trash canon movies from the 80s and you should just like like what you enjoy. So for me, musicals were almost never so much a like particular genre of I like musicals any more than I would say it of any other genre. It was just, uh, oh, yeah, there's a, there's musicals I like because the songs are catchy and I like Rick Moranis singing and um, I've listened to the Hedwig soundtrack a million times. Like the, that's <laughs> there's nothing deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And but I totally understand that there is people that that the idea of liking musicals as a concept brings out the worst in them yeah they're they're the kind of people who want to like let loose and have fun but they also want applause at the end of it like at the end they want everyone to be like you did such a great job at having fun and so i feel like that was with the people (laughs) i like that liz has become my mascot for this episode So before we get into our first one, Teen Witch, Liz, Peter, musical haters, what are some musicals that you do enjoy? Let's give a baseline for our audience. So I don't. So I don't want to put Liz on the spot to have a list, but I do. Have I a do. List. Um, if Liz can think of a few, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll think. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a few. Um, so I already mentioned Book of Mormon. Uh, I really liked that because it felt like musicals I had seen live before. But uh, the lyrics were, like, actually funny and knew, like, for all, like, the grossness that South Park delves into, uh, Matt and Trey, like, sometimes know how to construct a really good joke where they know how to, like, pull off the gas and do misdirects. And, yeah, like, so Book of Mormon Mormon worked because it was really funny. Um, I don't know what you guys thought of that or if you guys had listened to the the recording of that at all. I, I didn't really. No, because I've been I, waiting. I've been waiting to see it at some point. We're trying to talk. This is a movie I, that's podcast, Peter. Want to talk sh- <laughs> that's part of the reason I don't want to talk shit about. Uh, that's part of the reason I don't want to talk shit about Hamilton. Because even though I like couldn't make it through twenty minutes of the cast recording, I like feel like I should go see it. <laughs> like I, I feel like that's an Im- it's an important thing like to see it live because that's like what people are raving about. Not so much the cast recording. The cast recording is like reminding people of that fun night they had. Anyways. Well, I mean, I listened to the cast recording more than any other album last year, but, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Yeah. I just mean generally people are like, you got to see the show. I just keep listening to the album. It's always like referencing. Yeah. Uh, I do love, as for like more kitty, like more older stuff, I really do love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, okay. And that's uh, that's sort of in line with Sweeney Todd. Um, I like them kind of for the same reason. Um, they're both sort of these like f- fucked up like adventure movies with these like um sweeney todd is like a horror movie and charlie and the shock effector is like more of a classic adventure movie i guess but they're sort of these like they've got a sour sense of humor and they're not too cutesy or self-involved except for like one moment in sweeney todd that's like trying to 
um, like sort of make fun of other musicals. Uh, so I do like some cla- like s- older classic musicals, more like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I would say. Um, I do- it's so weird because like it, I think Charlie or uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Are you talking about Charlie or Willy Wonka? The the old one. So I okay. guess Willy, Willy Wonka. Wonka. Yeah. Excuse me. The original I, book like, is Charlie, and then that's the new movie is Charlie. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I I, yeah, I kind of excuse me. Yeah, no. Uh, just I was wondering if we had a, we had to have a whole different discussion. <laughs> um, I also really like Sweeney Todd because it's sort of like a fucked up yep. weird horror movie, and the non professional singing in it kind of endeared me to it because yeah, because you don't like anyone that could do anything better <laughs> better than you. Yes, yes. yes. I, I need all my singers to be worse than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I like I like it because it's uh, less. It felt less. Um, one of the things I don't like about musicals is is this sort of like because uh, people can sing. I'm like all about artifice in every other musical form, so this is really hip or every other mu- music and uh, media form. So this is super hypercritical. But I just don't like the specific artifice that musicals put on. Like the illusion that they put on is just like not what I'm willing to buy. Um, and I feel like Sweetie Todd kind of broke through that for me because it was like non-professional singers, and it was like they, their voice would crack occasionally. And I was like, oh, I find this a little endearing because it's not just like like Liz said. Look at how much fun I'm having. Aren't I great at this thing that I practiced for six months on? Um, and it's there's so much deep. weird underlying psychological issues below <laughs> all of your feelings on yeah. musicals. <laughs> Peter and, and I right, went to the same school secretly, or something like that. We had the same so, experience. We are, or I'm, we are or like I'm your girlfriend. Age, right? Maybe I'm your girlfriend. I don't Maybe. remember that. <laughs> I am Mr. B. Natural. Um, <laughs> oh my god! What a breakthrough! <laughs> uh, oh my god! I looked down. I was like, I've never noticed this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh! I see. You're dancing right next to me <laughs> on my on my bed bench. <laughs> bed bench. <laughs> Yeah, the kid in that, like, he's at a desk, and then he has, like, a, his bed, I feel like, is in, like, this alcove that almost looks mm-hmm. like a bench. Yeah, and he has, like, pennants on the wall, like, yeah. only happen in movies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the last two are just weirdo ones. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, uh, which I really enjoy because the music is kick-ass. And then the last one is Tokyo Tribe, which I think is the best musical of all time. Oh, I haven't seen that uh, one. We should have done that this month. Why didn't we? It, I don't know. We'll we'll do another musical month. We'll do musical May every year. How about that? We'll we'll do one. We'll do ones that like I like and you don't. <laughs> musical like May. Something. That was the name of your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he doesn't like musies. It was her first name. <laughs> well, I think May was her first name, and musical was kind of an epithet that everyone called her. You know. That's what you think, but you should see her birth certificate, <laughs> which I have. <laughs> Done a lot of research on Peter for this podcast. <laughs> uh, so those are the only good musicals. If you like gotcha. anything that's not on that list, you're wrong and bad. That's right. You don't even like Little Shop of Horrors, which is surprising. Because... I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I would have to rewatch okay. that one. It's got Rick Moranis magic to it. I probably And Steve like Martin. It's good stuff. Liz, what musicals do you enjoy? So, um, like I said, I, I, I really do enjoy musicals before, like in the old older period um, quite a bit. I like a lot of those. So, um like uh i will watch any busby berkeley movie they are all they all have no story <laughs> um <laughs> and uh are somewhat creepy <laughs> but uh, uh i enjoy all of them but 
speaking in like post uh post the sort of classical uh, musical the ones that i enjoy you know there's some way there's just one song that'll get stuck in my head sometimes like the reefer madness theme song does get stuck in my head um reefer madness reefer, yeah. yeah it's so yeah good. the um the, i think you'd like that one peter yeah it's 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 fun um the audrey the audrey song the last song in um little shop of horrors uh, the yeah. green big green mother song that always gets stuck in my head. I mean, to, outside of that, though, um, Dancer in the Dark, I do like quite a bit. Have not seen that one. It's got some Bjork singing in it. Uh, some Lars Bjork, so. Lars, Lars Van, Von Trier uh, Dogma ninety five style singing <laughs> musical. Um, <laughs> I, I a, like that. As, I like uh, Bjork a lot, so it has equal <laughs> chance of being good as Xanadu. <laughs> um, <laughs> What else? The movie Funky Forest, The First Contact. Um, oh, yes. Of did course. either of you, were either of you there when we watched that online? Uh, no. That no. There. That movie, you know what? We're going to have to, your guys are going to have to do that movie because <laughs> it's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, it has enough musical numbers in it that it's probably technically a musical, um, even though it's also a lot of other things. Uh, I mean, does it does it have more than zero because that's what teen witch has <laughs> that's true um <laughs> i feel like we added four new ones that we need to watch for next month dancer in the dark you haven't seen that either peter that would have probably I been a really have. good choice yeah that would have been a great choice i, I mean it's not, not super not. fun to chat about <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh thank you guys so much for talking about uh why you're bad people yeah uh, thank you for you... this group therapy session on yeah, our that's, weird that's issues odd. Now let's. I, I thought we were both decent people, but I guess <laughs> you trash know, monsters. Yeah, it, it, the polls came in. Uh, <laughs> I like you both quite a bit, uh, but you can't mess with public opinion. Uh, so let's let's start talking about a movie that is a musical. I think it's uh, a musical. I'll tell you what. Bef- I was not feeling all that great this weekend. And I feel like, uh, and, and the reason I wasn't feeling all that great is because I'm a method podcaster. And <laughs> you're not a, I thought you were set up, yeah, I'm a meth head. He sounded really excited. Unrelated. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a method podcaster and I'm like, this is a fever dream. I should go get a fever. <laughs> oh, and I did. Great, that'd be a great podcast concept. Like uh, Aaron and me, like meth head and the douche. <laughs> 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 when, <laughs> the problem is we both sound the exact same yeah. we both would be fast extra loud talkers i said extra loud for my own sake <laughs> i know I'm, i know where i'm at volume wise all right let's start talking about teen witch let's talk about that teen witch movie actually a spinoff of teen wolf or not i know they said they were trying yeah, to but it was it was supposed this was supposed to be a this is back when they made a movie and then we're like oh this movie did well now how do we make a girl movie of it <laughs> which is better than the current system <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly which what, is uh, let's make another boy movie about yeah, it yeah. <laughs> they're like does he have a little brother <laughs> does he want a movie maybe we could make it about a black person no 
Well, no. Just another white person, please. <laughs> he can have a Filipino friend, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he dies in the first ten minutes. This is a teen <laughs> comedy. Yep. <laughs> teen. It's called Teen Teen. Yeah. So He's yeah. Half so it teen was and half teen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really waiting for my Turbo Teen full uh, live action adaptation. Are you guys familiar with Turbo Teen? No, the, um, it was a uh, Saturday morning cartoon that ran for ten episodes about a boy who, uh, when he gets hot, turns into a car. <laughs> and Sounds that's grossly inconvenient. It is. Well, like when he sees someone he's attracted to. No, when he gets warm or in one episode when he goes on a date and eats spicy food. <laughs> um, it was the most blatant metaphor for puberty you have ever seen. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I feel like move to Minnesota. Prompt. Oh. <laughs> was it like a nice car or was it like it a was it was okay it was just kit from knight rider but red oh. it was exactly the same car <laughs> i love the idea that when he gets hot his superpowers he turns into a broken down car <laughs> just that's a better me- that's a better metaphor for uh teen for being a teen oh i turned into something that's supposed to be cool but nothing works <laughs> And exhaust keeps coming out all the time. Yeah, and then and then when he's feeling bad about himself, he turns into like a rusty panel van. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the coolest possible car. Okay, Teen Witch. All right, five Teen second Witch. recap. Uh, it's a it's I'm a musical. Five second, right? No. Yeah. No. I did Peter. the ninety second for White Dog, bro. Peter. Oh, I suppose I suppose you're editing. So you remember better than I do. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, you know, again, kind of a fever dream for me. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, five second recap. This teen is a witch. I mean, that describes so many movies, <laughs> <laughs> including Teen Witch. <laughs> how about uh, being a teenager is magic? No. Uh, no. Should we just change five second recap to like rejected tagline <laughs> that's what it's turning into wand are you waiting for watch this movie what what wands are magic are you trying to do a pun yeah it's a pun yeah. judges uh 2.0 from the swedish judge <laughs> Oof. We, we and he's an easy on. grader <laughs> we, we, we can move on if you guys want sure i'm not sure uh, i can Okay. Um. Uh, uh, teen uses magic for sex. Yep. Yeah, I mean, does that's she, accurate. Does she? I mean, you know what? I guys, I joked when messaging you guys that when I was trying to um download it from a completely legal website, um, I got a whole lot of porn, and I feel like this movie <laughs> has the aesthetic of like eighties porn in a way. Well, <laughs> it is the aesthetic and the the structure of it. Yes. She can't, yeah. she she has a she has a sex fantasy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She uh wants to get laid. She finds the guy that she wants to get laid. She finds a means to make him have sex with her and then she like immediately starts pursuing him. Like that's that's the perfect structure of a mm-hmm. porn movie. And there's a there's a short woman who's like, "Yeah, no, this is great. Let's do this." <laughs> like, "Here, I will show you how to do yeah, this." Yeah, she is she is way too into it. I really expected. Okay. I'm just going to run to the plot. So, yeah, Louise, uh she wants to fuck this this popular kid in school. 
He's a Brad. Yeah, he's a, he's totally a Brad. He's a Brad. Looks like, yeah. He kind of looks like made-for-TV movie version of Tom Cruise. Uh, and she finds an amulet after getting into a bike accident and talks to – goes to a fortune teller. And all of a sudden, she becomes a witch, a witch, which she starts using initially by wishing for random stuff and then gets all these lessons from – She kills uh, Billy Holly, uh, Buddy Holly. She, we can't skip that she, she murders Buddy Holly. <laughs> Yep, she kills Buddy. Yeah, disappears him. No Never one cares back. about. He's just gone. <laughs> Phantom about Zone. That guy again. He's hanging out with yeah, Zod. So yeah, she, yeah, she gets set up with their friend because obviously Brad is dating the most popular girl in school. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, kills that date. No remorse. And then eventually is like, oh, I really want to fuck Brad, but maybe I shouldn't use my powers. Meanwhile, uh, her, her fortune teller... Uh, is like no that's what you use powers for is fucking uh, and then she fucks <laughs> a, she fucks a frog somewhere in there as yep, well yep, yep. Um, and uh, who turns into a human but still ribbits and she's yep. like i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck this frog oh, man, man perfect you can't tell anyone that <laughs> yeah. I'm molesting people honestly though she's still on better moral ground than louise's yeah. yeah. Well, so eventually, though, but, uh, you know, Brad and her end up kind of falling in love. It's unclear. The movie, I think, wants to indicate that she didn't use the witch powers necessarily to do it, but there's no clear. She, yeah. she renounces them at the end, and then it really ends super abruptly. It, there's, Everyone's happy. Did anyone notice that there was no dialogue for the last four minutes of the movie? Yeah, it's just a lot of dance. <laughs> it was stuff. just completely silent. Like so, and then so that's it. So they're at together at the end. Movie's over. No lessons learned. Really, no, no anything uh, gained. Um, I expected a twist. I expected a twist with the fortune teller because she says she's had like four lives before that she was maybe using people that use the amulet to like suck power into her, and she was going to end up being like a bad guy or something at the end. None of that happens. She comes to the date, to, to the yep. dance. <laughs> no one asks questions. No, this movie was concepted for the first act, and then the rest of the movie was like, and then stuff happens. There's <laughs> a, a movie. It's just a movie. Watch it. Yeah, well, actually, less than that, it was just like, let's do Teen Wolf, but nah, girls can't be wolves. What are no. girls? Witches. Done. So, Which so is the reason was- Ginger Snaps is so much better than Teen Wolf. <laughs> Teen Wolf is kind of a garbage movie, and Ginger Snaps yeah. is like an okay movie. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, we joked about like metaphors for um, puberty, but like, it is so. I don't know. It seems so blatant to me. Like Teen Wolf, oh, you're getting hair in weird places, and you're becoming like controlled by weird urges, and then Teen Witch is like, like oh, guys are suddenly interested in her. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. like so on the nose. Also, so really, her amulet okay. is uh, what in real life would be what like bigger boobs. I guess yes. Although it although it begs the question of how poorly thought out that scene in Teen Wolf where the dad comes in and shows that he's also a wolf. What that's supposed to mean in the context <laughs> there, of puberty? There, there is weird relationship. <laughs> he's cheating did, on did, his mom. Did anyone else find Dick Sargent or the dad? The dad was Dick Sargent, right? Yes. Yes. From uh, who just cannot stay away from yeah, no. being associated with witches. Um, it was weird that halfway through this movie, he was replaced with Dick York. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, he was kind of creepy. Did anyone else find him creepy? I he was the entire super family creepy. creepy. Super like, creepy. The brother, the brother was CGI. Okay, wait, no. The uh, brother was not hero. human. We he's need to. We need to talk about the brother. So the one thing to to wrap up this five this ninety second recap is that we should say we did choose this for musical month. 
I had heard this was a musical. It is listed in a lot of areas as a musical. It has random musical numbers that are, well, they're split into two parts. There's, first of all, I should say none of, you would think, hey, it's a movie about a teen with uh, magic powers, that there's going to be musical numbers as related to the magic. Mm -hmm. Uh, No. Unrelated. Never comes up. Well, what's weird is there's non-diegetic music and diegetic music, and sometimes the magic makes non-diegetic, sorry, makes diegetic stuff non yeah, there is sometimes there is sometimes music that seems non-diegetic that she responds to. Um, yes, yes, it's very strange. Yeah, and so so there's two there's basically two sets of musical numbers. There's the kind where there's basically people dancing whole choreography numbers like the I Like Boys uh, scene or the popular one later. Where there's a, there's someone singing in the background. Now, normally in a normal musical, someone in the cast that we know would be singing these songs that express what's going on. That's not what's happening. There is a song playing. People are dancing these giant musical-like numbers. But the song is coming from the jukebox or something else. So it's like a musical number where no one's actually singing it. It's yeah, fucking so. bizarre. And then the second one is there's all these – there's these three uh, – I guess there are Greek chorus who randomly – these three guys in high school that randomly bust out terribly awesome uh, freestyle it's verses. It's beautifully bad because it's, it's also beautifully bad because it's short-lived. Like if it went beyond 30-second bursts, I think it would be interminable. But it's so – fucking funny every time it happens because you're never expecting it it's like they're wandering in from a different movie like yeah, they're wandering in the movie to shoot you in the face with a shotgun full of white rap <laughs> and the only reason we know they're not a, gr- a greek chorus is because um louise's best friend is really into the lead singer of their little rap group we should also point out that uh this little rap group is considered pretty cool by everyone yeah. else at one point louise's friend looks at them sighs and says i'll never be hip <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> and she says that her friend polly or penny polly whatever i don't um, I remember or the, the, the frumpy friend because like <laughs> they okay so i don't want to sound mean when i say this but you like, mean sarah they, gilbert's less successful younger sister i guess she's a yoga teacher now I looked it, up. <laughs> it is true she she's uh, like she was like Uma Thurman's yoga teacher or something like I that. I watched this with I watched this with my girlfriend and she was just like googling facts about where these people ended up and she was like <laughs> she's like Louise still looks really pretty and like this girl this girl cleaned up well too. She's a yoga teacher now and I'm like makes <laughs> sense. Um so Polly uh is the sort of she's supposed to be like the the frumpy second best friend like in in these movies that's like always sort of self-satisfied and sort of happy but like has just like one problem for her friend to solve mm-hmm. uh it's just and Louise is also supposed to be the sort of like weird kid who doesn't dress cool she doesn't dress she dresses like, like scully <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> She dresses like a combination of Scully and um, like Mulder compound from Big Love. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so she. In uh, fairness, though, it was really hard to tell who was dressing cool or not. Yes, because yes. all the cool kids were wearing uh, giant wool trench coats. So, so okay. So, so there's these two friends, and 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 Louise is supposed to be uncool and lame, and she needs to like use magic. She knows who John Dunn is, so yes. So that's how you know she's lame. 
So she's like a dork. Oh, we'll get into this later. There's like 80s cool in this. Um, mm -hmm. She looks at a picture of somebody uh, and she says like, that's cool. And it's literally like a woman wearing like a Sopwith camel outfit. <laughs> like she looks like she's like an, an aviator. And I'm like, yeah. But yeah, Louise is supposed to be the, the weirdo or kind of a weirdo, but she still needs to have a frumpy friend. <laughs> so that she can be relatively cool. Yeah, like it was weird. Like, yeah, she was supposed to be the frumpy. Fr like, she's the she should be the frumpy friend in this type of movie who has popular friends, and they're like, oh, we you can't get boys like us. Maybe if you dress better. Instead, they didn't do that. She was kind of like, like Willow, something. basically from Buffy. Yeah, felt like it yes. was like the same trope. Which apparently in in the eighties and early nineties, redheads were nerds. Like, it was universal. <laughs> Red hair <laughs> That's books. Not the redheaded thing is like now cool and like back then it was like yeah like blondes you had to be cool you had to be like either blonde or like this sort of like specific kind of brunette and she just wasn't and i'm like louise is like the prettiest person and she's our like weirdo outsider like it doesn't check up. that's part of the reason i like heather is because they don't pretend that they don't pretend that like uh they don't pretend that winona Ryder is some sort of freak of nature like, she's still supposed to be, like, pretty. She just doesn't quite fit in with the Heathers. Yeah, but, like, Louise, you, you do agree that, I mean, she was pretty gross until she got that perm. That <laughs> changed <Yep>. everything, right? <laughs> that was it. That was it. And when she got that perm, it was, like, golden. Like, I was like, oh, you're hideous before this. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of implied that she, not implied, it's almost explicitly stated that she uses witchcraft to make herself prettier, and she just has a perm. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like hairstyling like, witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, electricity, irons. <laughs> well, I like to I mean, think yeah. that that's. I like to think that whatever genie did her hair, uh, whatever magic force did her hair, is, is still locked in the eighties. So if like <laughs> you access that same power now, you'd be like, oh, oh thank, thanks, thanks. Can I just have uh, like forty dollars? I'm gonna go to the salon. <laughs> I've got great news. One of the tricks that Zelda shows her. Is how to make forty three dollars? <laughs> yeah, she's got it. Okay, that is the funniest line in any movie. We make our own money. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest. Oh my goodness, it was it was too. It was amazing. It was so great, but you expect like when you show this power to make money, like a like millions of dollars. This idea that money doesn't mean anything. It's like a clamshell full of like some crumpled fives and tens, and she's like, "Look at our magic." She yeah. can she can friggin' murder. Buddy Holly with a wish, but she has to break out the press to uh, get some counterfeiting going. I don't. I did not understood that. That's what was so weird too. Like when she didn't know her power, she was like God. I wish this and anything she wanted to happen. And then it's like, we need to train you on how to make some spare change. <laughs> it's the only time where a training montage has made someone worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy used to be able to throw the ball 30 yards. Now you, you're throwing it 10. <laughs> That'd be an awesome joke in a movie if someone has a training montage and then they break their leg halfway through and then the movie just keeps having him a montage, like getting fatter on the couch because he can no longer do anything and at the end of the montage he's yeah he's 40 pounds heavier and is definitely not making it to that dance competition not without a few more montages <laughs> God, i better montage my way out of this depression i think we need to talk so let's we need we to talk about it. the brother yeah we need to talk about the brother because i think this movie nobody's is gonna come to a straight 16 party louise <laughs> i think an alternate imdb summary of this movie is like 
the touching story of a ser- serial killer who has a witch as an older sister. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nightmare. He he looks like like a doll come to life. Like his eyes are off. Like every part of his body. I don't know. He he's, uh, he's yeah. Rich, he looks like Richie a Miller. He looks like bad CGI. <laughs> He grew, he grew up to be both the guy from Thinner and the Baron from Dune. <laughs> <laughs> what you're right, it looks like bad CGI because it reminds me of, um, you know how in CGI and like, I don't know, the past, somebody in like the past decade or two figured out like whatever transdermal whatever layering where they were like, actually the skin isn't flat, it has oil in it and like mm-hmm. light bounces off that oil and, and like so now they're like one day someone just figured it out and they're like, yes, skin has like a, a texture to it and a depth to it and like mm-hmm. now everybody like cgi just skin just like looked better he looks like he's literally made of like a ball of <laughs> like like yogurt and a condom yep like he's someone just, filled he's... in his pores with <laughs> silly putty or something <laughs> he looks he looks like he is literally <laughs> he looks uh as pale as cock and he just is this like monster like dude just like loves he's introduced devouring food under her bed which is frankly sexual i don't know like this is whole movie is very freudian and i am uncomfortable with it (laughs) yeah and he's not just eating food he's eating chocolate cake under her bed in the morning before school (laughs) they have separate rooms that chocolate cake looks like shit (laughs) <laughs> like it honestly, and he has food all over his face. Fifty percent of the scenes in this movie, he's shoving food in his mouth, and but it looks like it's the first time he's eating food. Like he he hasn't done this before, and he comes out of her bed. This is the opening scene of the movie, and she has just had a sex dream. Let's remember this. <laughs> oh, se- a sex music video. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Se- a sex music video with never-ending slow motion, like the kind from like fucking pod people and cave dwellers. It's not even really slow motion. It's like they just remove scenes. But she, he comes out of the bed with just what looks like shit all over his face, and is like, she's like, I'm gonna tell mom. And instead of being like a normal kid where that runs out in these movies, he's like, I'm telling mom. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> is happening <laughs> he, he is he is uh yes a literal like ravenous beast uh like, i don't know yeah. if you guys recognize him because uh, <laughs> he's from all your nightmares uh, <laughs> i don't know if you guys recognize him he plays homer in near dark and he's actually really oh, he's yeah. so good as homer in near dark because he he has this really great monologue about how how much it fucking sucks that he became a vampire as a kid because he's now an adult in this like weird pubescent body. It's it's a sad it's a sad monologue partially because I feel like the actor uh, is like yeah I look weird don't I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, in this movie he's this like antagonizing little twerp that just pops in randomly to like make Louise's home life worse. And like you said earlier, Liz, like Dick Sargent is this like weird he feels like the dad from society or something he's this like yeah he's this ken doll dad who like doesn't know like no normal interaction comes out of him no he's like a sentient cliche machine yeah he's like he's like i'm saying the right words to be a father (laughs) (laughs) but like the only things he talks about is how pretty she is he's like yeah you're looking so pretty it's like it's yeah it's it's a nightmare he's he's a nightmare father it's like It's like he's going to say next to like, well, my dick's broken, but I could still look like that's what I expect him to say. 
and, and can I also say about the brother, I feel like the witch that's training, like, she could have been like, and we also, I I have, uh, you need like an imp, like a familiar to follow you around yeah. and be like, my brother, he's already there. <laughs> like, I could fully accept that plot twist. Or that was because... Because uh, remember when when she's introduced, she's like, oh, I know who you are. You were always destined to become a witch. Like they could do something where the brother was always like, that's not really your brother. That's a little imp that's been following you around to instruct you with your powers. Yeah. And like when he's like, dream on Louise because nobody wants to date you because you're a dog. You're a dog. You're a do-. <laughs> and then he gets turned into a dog. <laughs> that was... You know, I remember saying that to my sisters. Like, what, what is this younger brother character? I was a younger brother. I didn't do the, any of this. Like, Did you dress up in a bellhop outfit to prove that your sisters were the boss inexplicably? Uh, well, I mean, I assume, I think witch powers were involved in that, right? I mean, were was, they? was it implied that she mind raped her brother into serving her no i thought because he was being super sarcastic about it maybe that's his only mode maybe he didn't know how to modulate maybe she allowed him that element of freedom so that he still felt free so he doesn't rebel you know she's a master tyrant oh yeah maybe he just needed complete maybe he just needed complete dominance to feel happy if that was the case that's still like the second weirdest family relationship that's going on i think liz, liz touched on this like i don't know 10 minutes ago and it is this movie almost feels like it's a like a 1940s movie where everything has to be coded where they're like yeah he's eating chocolate cake under her bed while she's having a sex dream i'm like yeah that sounds like some shit they would only get away with during the haze code <laughs> i don't want to move too fast past that bellhop situation because one one of two things happen either a she did use witchcraft, which means you think that the parents would yeah, still go, up. hey, why is why is he in this bellhop uniform? Or two, he's he's like, fine, I need to be her servant, but I'm still <laughs> going to be a real asshole about it. And then goes and buys a little bellhop outfit to, to point out that she's treating him like a servant. Either one of those is like worth its own podcast to contemplate. <laughs> the weird relationship. Real quick question. This is very important. Does he have a reimbursal form? For, a reimbursement form? For... I mean, yeah. She can counterfeit money. She can put it on my put it on my bill. I'll have yeah. her whip up a couple Hand 20s. me the seashell. <laughs> to to return to the musical numbers um from a while ago um i do think there's there's something that in my mind what distinguishes a musical from a movie with music music in it is yeah. when the dancing the 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 music scenes um like the dancing that happens in the scenes seems oriented towards the camera i think that's a key element um where like it's all framed in such a way that the camera responds to it as opposed yeah. to just performance and there's a moment in the bizarre locker room sequence where oh my god the head the uh head cheerleader comes in and says i have this amazing new cheer uh you'll all y'all gotta hear it and then turns on a tape player like you do with cheerleader cheers um <laughs> and then there's a lengthy dance sequence at one point they sashay past the camera behind a towel um and that yeah. was that was what convinced me this was musical enough to count. Uh, I think I think it does count. You're right because they're performing it for the camera. They're technically performing it for Louise, but 
Well, you know, Louise is hiding. Louise is like around the corner, like looking sadly. She is hiding, but they're still popping out in her fucking face. Okay, like going like, "Hey, I'm I'm dancing in your face." This (laughs) musical must have been choreographed for the bathroom. (laughs) Guys, we got a new cheerleader team. Everyone come into the bathroom. It's the only place we can perform it. (laughs) Yeah, because the bathroom and the locker room plays an important role in the choreography. Also. If it's a new cheer she's been working on, who recorded the track for no, her? I think she said something like, I've heard the new track. I heard the new cheer or something like that. Like they, like she heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> like I heard it on the radio this morning or something. <laughs> I heard, I heard rumor of a new cheer. <laughs> um, okay, so the Many Brahmins died bringing this yeah. new cheer. <laughs> yeah. Peter, I, I know you're going to say something. I need to ask one quick question though. Do you think the song that they're singing might be a little too on the nose. <laughs> I, I, so, okay. This song would be fine as like a 30 second, like just quick, like burst. Right. Uh, Cause the name of the, the song is I like boys. I'm presuming it's not like, you know, an ode to puberty. I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty pubertistic. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it's called I Like Boys. I'm assuming that's the name of the song. There's probably a good blur cover out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they're singing the song. As Liz uh, discussed, uh, Louise is hiding from them as they sing the song, which usually in a movie like this would indicate that she is a lesbian because... By the conventions of musicals, her not joining in the I Like Boys song would indicate that she does not, in fact, like boys. If she would either have to join in the song or have like a, an aside of her saying like, I like boys, but I can't express my feelings for Brad or whatever. So like, weirdly enough, like them just having this musical sequence is establishing things about the character that aren't true as far as I can tell. I mean, I think there's an element of like the puberty story, this kind of yeah. this transition age in these kind of movies where, uh, okay, that's the third time I've electrocuted myself with my microphone um, during the recording <laughs> of this. Well, stop licking it. I, I, yeah, no. Um, the, it, the Do you element, think it's Louise? Yes, yes, she's hearing me. Oh, God, she's in the mirror. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the There's an element in these kind of buildings, Roman, except only sexually um where it's more less that they are attracted to people of the opposite gender and more that they're seeking almost approval to be attracted to enter into the sexual economic field of uh desire going back and forth uh where that's why like to express my her desire for the cheer for the uh brad she has to become sexually attractive you know like jump over that that post-puberty um line there's because high school is such this weird network of sexual relationships where uh she has to like so i think that's why she was uncomfortable with the song is more that she has not been granted narrative permission to like boys yet (laughs) you know okay that's that's a good point that's a very good point and i think also that uh she gives a sense of that all these people that she's surrounded with not just like boys but the boys like them yeah that they get to have the boys that they want where she has a she's excluded from that she 
has a boy that she likes, but unlike all these people are so happy with their boy selection that they want to sing and <laughs> dance about it, that they feel they're, they're happy about it. And she's she's not because the boy that she likes, she doesn't have access to in the same way these people do. I, I, I feel like we have gone too long without talking about the teacher. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And the Krabappel. <laughs> no, the, the guy teacher, I mean. The, oh, the um, guy teacher. The English uh-huh. teacher. Shelley Who, uh, Berman is the name of the actor. Okay, uh, Jesus. I, for, I thought his, I thought his, he was Lloyd Kaufman for a minute, and then he started moving more, and I was like, no, it's not Lloyd Kaufman, it's someone else. It's important to know that all of us have the same things we wanted to talk about in this movie, because, <laughs> yeah, she makes a voodoo, the teacher's kind of a dick to her. Mm-hmm. She makes a voodoo I mean, doll. she, he does, I don't know, make, what does he talk about, the birth control pills in her purse, right? I mean, that's, yeah. Oh, he's definitely, he's an unrepentant asshole, yeah. and she gets revenge by making a voodoo doll that doesn't cause pain, but instead, yes. uh, he, she tries to get him to whip his dick out in the middle of okay. class. I spent so long trying to figure out the logic of the voodoo doll because at one point the mom puts it in the washing machine and he walks into a car wash. <laughs> what? What? How does that work? He's so, like, I need to be, get myself wet? Like, Yeah, so what? like he, he moves into like the uh, like equivalent like there's an interpretive stage. Like It's, not, <laughs> it's very literal of stabbing but like he's like I have to interpret these urges in, like, the most reasonable way I can. Yeah, it could have been way worse. It could have been, like, that scene in Uzumaki where that guy shoves himself into a washing machine. Like, <laughs> and then she would have been like, oh, fuck, I murdered someone. Um, by the way, uh, so I don't think she would mind. Kind of, I feel like yeah, she could she, murder. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't mind raping Brad, so. Nope, um, nope. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Or oh. killing uh, Buddy Holly. Yeah. Or killing. Honestly, do you think that they sent Buddy Holly to like? Where do you think they sent him to? I, I picture like whatever that purple world is from from Beyond. Like just like it's <laughs> I'm just sure. He's, I'm sure slime. he's hanging out with yeah Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I I'm imagining Negative Zone. I think it yeah. kind of used like the gray <laughs> colors of the Negative Zone. <laughs> or like this okay. would be you know this really could be like an alternate universe Cronenberg movie <laughs> where like he comes back wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be terrible. I mean, he's a pretty he's a pretty unrepentant, terrible character. He's like oh, announcing yeah. his plans to sexual assault you know her that's where the title of our episode comes from uh i feel like he is he's portrayed as like a super nerd even though he's a, he's a very good looking guy but he just has glasses very I 80s agree. trope but then also i also feel like he's so he's very thing going on yeah yeah he was 20 years too early <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's like a very 80s nerd in that he's a good looking guy that they just put glasses on but i feel like he's a very uh uh, 2017 nerd in that he is an asshole and thinks that things and people should be handed to him. Yes, I think he was like actually like one of the best representations of nerds. Like not most accurate, but like completely contrary to like nerds are really just nice put upon guys. Where it's like, well, not all of them. Like some of them are terrible. <laughs> like yeah, uh, uh, some of them I, are nerds. Are nerds and outcasts for a good reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, jumping back a little bit, the 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 washer dryer thing a weird theme in this movie is she like sometimes solves problems with magic that she does not need to solve with magic when he goes through her purse and then uh flips her birth control around the room she is at a fucking public school yeah 
she could she could just get fix this problem by going to any principal. Yeah, and this isn't like prison. It's not like you <laughs> ra- like, like you ran you ran a teacher. You get you get cut. Right. He was like, the most beloved teacher. teacher. Everyone loved <laughs> teacher Mick. Probably rapist. <laughs> Everybody seems to definitely hate him, except for the three seconds where he's making fun of an unpopular kid. Like that's it. So like also also he's on like a stage. Like what was that? Ba- that was the fanciest backdrop to a teacher I've ever seen it. it like he's got like these giant bookshelves behind him yeah they didn't was, shot this at like a I read campus or something he's standing in front of like whatever backdrop they use to make like a senator look like an intellectual on meet the press <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I think even though he almost whipped his dick out in elementary or high school I think he could probably still get elected in this yeah. climate now, now recently there's been a question he of keeps his fucking read. job <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, oh man, you've got some like, uh, let's let's take you to the hospital. Not like, okay, you like if he had not worn like three pairs of long johns, then he would have been naked by then. Well, yeah, the principal or whoever walks in on him about to whip his dick out, like he's in the <laughs> yeah. last stage of dick in hand, and like he goes to jail for the rest of his life. He then d- yeah does that thing where he's walking around, and more voodoo related weird stuff happens to him. End of the movie, he's chaperoning the dance. Yes, yeah, so, yes. Oh, yes, that's also insane. Another voodoo thing, she drops him down a flight of stairs. He happens to be by a flight of stairs and falls down them. If he had not been by a flight of stairs, what would have happened? Would he have gone through the floor? <laughs> like, <laughs> just... <laughs> I like the idea of him just throwing himself on concrete, like right after the car wash. Are you okay, man? Oh, yeah. I've had a bad day. I was whipping my dick out in front of high schoolers. They said to take a long lunch because I'm back so quick. I mean, speaking of people who are at the dance later, the girl who breaks her leg is also dancing at the dance later. I don't remember the girl that breaks her leg. No, the girl where she says break a leg and then she falls over the... Oh, she falls over man. the ladder. She is then yeah. at the dance dancing. This movie is just this cavalcade of nonsense, and I just need. I, it, it makes sense that our discussion of it would just be like a a swarm of discussion because <laughs> there's no literal way to go through this movie. Like we skipped over that slow mo intro. Honestly, if they didn't have a really shitty '80s pop song over it, if you put like. Angelo Badalamente over it. It could be like a Twin Peaks thing. It's it's this slow-mo scene of her sort of like dance seducing Brad and it's like a sex dream, but obviously since it's like a quote-unquote kids movie, you can't really like have her like doing anything, so she has to like dance with him. It's all like whatever. And it is interminable because I feel like they added like too many frames to make it in slow-mo. Like they did like two times or three times slow-mo when they needed to do like one and a half times. And it is, it's such a boring way to kick off this like poppy, jazzy, funny movie. Yeah, it goes on for like four minutes. And I guess I would describe it as the director had never actually seen a music video, but it had been described to him. And he's like, (laughs) I got it. I can, I see what you're saying. Dresses, lights, slow motion. No problem. Yeah, and they establish, like, and it's also, it's useless because they establish, it establish, like, eight other ways that she's into Brad, and they do it right away. Like, she doesn't need to have this, like, long five-minute credit sequence where she's like, I really like Brad. Like, that's something they establish about her immediately in many, many ways. Uh, I mean, I also, actually think the, I think the dream was predictive 
because in the dream, she's got a perm. Hey, Peter, foreshadowing, you ever heard of it? I've never heard of it before. This makes me like musicals now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also that song they play over it. Like I joked about them doing Angela Badalamente over it. The song that they actually play over it is called Never Be the Same Again, which sounds like something you say after you see a dog get run over by a car. <laughs> not It's usually trauma related, not yeah. something not positive. Like, like her dog, teacher a... her teacher pulled her dick at pulled his dick out in the middle of English class. <laughs> She'll never oh. be the same again. <laughs> like that's that's something you you say like after you have like you go to Vietnam, not like after uh you I don't know, kissed a boy. <laughs> All the songs are like that. Everything is super on the nose, <laughs> and it's and it's weird because like I couldn't get engaged on any real. I could never really engage on any real human level with anything in this movie, but it's all like that so it's consistent the movie never has like an ask for me where they're like well now you have to we're going to slow this movie down and you really have to care about louise so no they just never stop moving they just never stop throwing weird set pieces at you so i don't care that i don't care about anybody and there's and there's all these threads that you think are going to go somewhere like i mentioned with uh the fortune teller it's like oh she's clearly doing like a never-ending story two thing where she's making her do all these wishes and use the power because she mentions that she's been young four times before and that's gonna suck her life energy and nope that's just nope she just she's just supportive of forgetting <laughs> yeah there's no you know there's no third act like reason that she needs to give up her powers really like there's yeah there's zelda zelda rubenstein what's her name zelda rubenstein yeah it's, yeah zelda rubenstein yeah this this house is clear that lady uh um, yeah she she uh doesn't come back as an evil character like aaron's uh, aaron said there's no like um you know, coven of, of evil witches coming to, like, gather her up and there's no, like, her powers going away because, like, the amulet is fading or something. Like, there's no third act sort of, like, added drama. It's just sort of like, oh, well, I guess Polly is sad that I don't hang out with her anymore, which is, like, I guess that's kind of the third act twist of Mean Girls, but Mean Girls is a good movie. You know, now that I think about it, for some reason, I've been thinking about Back to the Future this whole time because <laughs> because in Japan, Teen Wolf was marketed as a, as a Back to the Future sequel. It was called, <laughs> I don't remember what it was called, but it had the same logo. Like it was just treated like another Back to the Future movie. Um, wolf to the present. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the wolf. Um <laughs> Her relationship with the with the older witch reminds me of of Marty's relationship with Doc, where just everyone accepts there's this old woman that she's friends with and comes to the dance with her. It's just completely normal. Well, I mean, when your dad wants to fuck you, you look for adult. Yeah, you really gotta support look for any places, external. Yeah. And your and your mom is uh, not helping at all. <laughs> not helping total, anything. Her mom is just as much of a space alien. Also, well, honey, sometimes like... dads want to fuck their. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a hyper specific reference, and I hope you guys get it. They're like the parents in the video game Harvester? Question mark Do you get it? Have you? Guys, I anyone, do not. Some some I audience member appreciates that reference and i'll yeah, show you a just, clip later it's just for you just for you uh, it's definitely not rick you, no it's not rick rick does not play video games he just plays games with my heart yeah. <laughs> quit quit rick quit playing games with peter's heart uh if we had if we had planned this better we could have all broke into a nice musical number yeah no, i'm not gonna do it 
No, I, I can't. I can't commit. I mean, I oh. believe I be- on IMDb it said that um, the what, what's the friend's name? Polly. That's Polly. Polly. That Polly's response to the rapper was improvised. Uh, that's what the I don't believe I, that at all. That's what like, she claims on her to the IMDb. Rapper, like, like like her rap section, her section of oh. the rap. Supersonic, um, idiotic, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that part. According I don't to. I know how to top that. Jeez. <laughs> but. Uh, I really like that scene. It's, yeah, it's fun. But I don't believe. I mean, I believe that it was bad, but it was like the kind of written bad that someone like looks at, shows to mm-hmm. other people, and everyone's like, hey, yeah, that that's, sounds like a rap song that the kids are singing <laughs> these days. Yep. So I can't be too. I can't be uh, too mean to the rap in the, in the movie because this was like pre gangster rap. Where, like, the Sugar Hill... That's kind of what the Sugar Hill gang sounded like. Mm-hmm. This is 1989. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of late for that argument. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, really? Yeah. I thought yeah, it was late like 80s. 84. Oh. Never mind. No, 89. 9s and 4s look a lot alike. I'm not like, I'm not being sarcastic. I was saying, like, this sounds like... like It sounds like a way, way less cool, like, white suburban version of Sugar Hill gang stuff. Where it's just, like... Like, we're going to sing you a song about going to a party. And you're like, that sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> this is like post-straight like post out of Compton. Yeah. Yeah, like, obviously it was never going to sound like even Grandmaster Flash or something, but yeah. Well, even, even Sugar Hill Gang was after, like, The Last Poets. Like, it wasn't like we were it's jumping true. straight. Like, there were not terrible rap music yeah. out there. I, I, I'm just saying that, like, there was... A lot of concurrent rap that was actually good that was just as silly as this this is just uh sillier and it's coming out of the whitest people you've ever seen so it's 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 particularly um funny when there's just like a rap battle between these like super super white people and they're all into it and it's there's no like irony at all it's like super earnest and in that way it's almost charming and that's kind of like I think what people like about musicals, right? Like if they're super earnest and sincere. Aaron, I guess. can you speak to that? Well, I like sincerity and earnestness. Like that's kind of like that's part of my brand, baby. I think I think there is a little bit of and I don't think this movie would be a good example of it. But if we're speaking on a more general terms, I think there is this idea of having emotions that are too too big to contain in just a simple uh, communicating through spoken language. This idea that, you know, it's the old cliche of I have, a, I have a song in my heart and it's not always a happy song, but this idea of I am I am filled with earnestness, I'm filled with compassion, I'm filled with emotion, I'm filled with love, whatever it is. The only way to properly express Whatever I'm feeling is bigger than saying it. So I think in that way, you're right. I think this would be, if not a bad example of this, the worst example of it. <laughs> but um, but in general, I would say that that is, that is something that's, you know, that I appreciate about musicals. That's why there is kind of a difference in my head of this this idea of like this musical that's kind of like performance based where all the music is just it's it's a musical or Hedwig and the Angry Inch is another great example of this idea of like well it's a musical and that there's a lot of songs but for the most part I guess Hedwig's a little different but with Cabaret especially they're performing them all on stage so it's not quite the same thing and I think that gets into a weird delineation but anyways yeah, I, I, I mean, to, to build on that, I, I do think, I mean, there's this sort of crossover here of like 
there the, that you know high school in the, like this part of high school is like you're filled with these strange urges your relationships with people are changing constantly in a really weird ways and then musicals help express like the irrationality that you're feeling and strangeness of everything and then also this witch witchiness where like it's allowing people to explore like these bizarre impulses that take like like the scene where she makes the girls fight all of a sudden and then one gets pushed into the pool and then all of a sudden she likes them again like even sans witchcraft like i've heard you know teenagers do like turn on each other in weird ways like and become super catty or, and angry at each other even the dudes uh, and and like fight and then the next day they're friends again because it's this really weird emotional time so i think between the witchcraft element and the musical element it's trying to express this bizarre uh stage of of teenagerhood which was really uh, kind of this weird 20th century invention um it's just also a terrible movie and it's not any good at that so yeah i mean this yeah. is totally this is a very similar what you were kind of tapping in is there's a it's very similar to the sentiment of harry potter in a sense where mm-hmm. You're like, you feel like your parents don't understand you, your family doesn't understand you, you feel kind of powerless and impotent, and you feel kind of like lost in the shuffle, and what if one day, just like from the sky, you know, magic powers or a prophecy or a secret group uh, just like swept you up and all of a sudden you're special, and all of a sudden you have power, and when all of a sudden you're like a, you're a person. Yeah, that's like I mean that's like every kid. I mean I know you're yeah. saying Harry Potter. That's like every kid's fantasy movie. It's it's they all find out they're the they're the never ending story and they're actually you know creating this world or they really are the kid in King Arthur's court. And I yeah, I think Liz that's a good point as well. Is that like I think the broadness of musicals fits well for this. Yeah, and I, to expand on that, I think that like teen, teens have such big emotions like i feel like my range your range of emotions when you're a teenager because of all your fucking hormones is like so wide like you the greatest night of your life can turn into the worst night of your life at like the drop of a hat like everybody has mood swings everybody is like micro bipolar where like a single night like can just like completely ruin you for the week like it's a very strange time for your body because these emotions these these uh, hormones just like throw your body into whack at a time when you're forced to figure out so much shit very overwhelming like i can understand i think the the idea of a musical to like try and capture all those weird awkward feelings is like fitting maybe not this musical (laughs) but (laughs) kind of double back we're kind of referencing with the title is that i think that at least liz and i were referencing the title is that i think using the amulet is most definitely sexual assault yes for sure i think because it's it's denying him any form of consent any yeah i mean like she plays lip service to like oh i uh i i didn't actually like I didn't. I couldn't go through with it, so I'm just gonna set up every element of his life so that he loves me. And yeah. That's yeah. that's better. Yeah, I feel that's like not emotionally yeah. manipulative. You're not literally gaslighting him. Yeah, no. I feel like it's like what like an idiot college student like dude would say now. Like, oh no, I didn't drug or drink. I just put her in a situation I just where she gave her all the no. drinks. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, listen, listen. We all want to get finger blasted by Brad. Uh, he's a babe. He drives a sick car, but like do it the right way um, by literally having any amount of conversation with him at all. Like he's 
we seems all want really to, easy yeah. <laughs> and especially if you're louise you're gorgeous already like you you shouldn't have a problem we all want to get finger blasted by the slightly more grown-up version of the protagonist from hobgoblins <laughs> 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 we all want to get finger blasted uh, from Chet from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys just get it, okay? Um, and he says, like, come over for the English paper. And uh, he's like, come over so you can help me with my English paper. And it's funny that he actually comes over to help with the English paper. Because, like, I feel like in, he pulling her aside away from his girlfriend like outside to like ask her to help him with his studies like that is like code for hand stuff right <laughs> he he must really need a good grade on that english paper because he is not reading any of the signs of all the bizarre stuff that's going on <laughs> he's like very look i don't know where this guy that we went to the party with went She's wants me to move off the bed. Like it's very she hit, bizarre. She's but... hiding chairs. Yeah, yeah she's hiding chairs. Cool guy. He doesn't get any of this. Hmm. Yeah, but he's like, you know, fuck. If I don't get a C, coach is gonna cut me. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna power through this, and hopefully <laughs> she doesn't cast a spell on me and trick me into dumping my girlfriend who. They seem like they have a fine relationship for shallow 80s teens. Well, he's, <laughs> he's just as shallow as she is, like, and, yeah. which usually implies in one of these movies, she starts the movie wanting Brad, and then she's going to not want Brad anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. She just wants him pretty much the whole movie. There's no, like, ducky or something to swing in that she, she can, like, pawn, pawn off her actual affections for. It's like, well, yeah, I guess you're here. But yeah, and Brad doesn't learn to not be shallow. She just uses witch powers to get hotter. <laughs> Yeah, very weird. What is the fucking lesson to this movie, 1980s? Get hotter. (laughs) Get get hotter. (laughs) Learn how to rap. Learn how to rap. rap. Listen, puberty is going to be very rough for you, but if you can (laughs) rush through it. Listen, on the other side, there's going to be back problems. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You get to the other Uh, side and you have um, menstrual periods to worry about. But I guess you can live four times. That was never followed up on either. (laughs) That was inscrutable. (laughs) I really want her. She was like a, she was like a Puritan. And like back then her name was Modesty. Like that is only a Puritan (laughs) name. I really want Teen Witch minus three, the, the Puritan years. Yeah, well, man, they were making prequels to everything, and they missed out on this one. Well, they had uh, wasn't wasn't Ginger Snaps two? Wasn't that a, a prequel to the seventeen hundreds? I feel like you should watch. I Ginger think that was Snaps three. If you, if you, yeah, it was. It was two or three was a, a, a prequel to like a colonial years. Like, if, I think if you want to watch this movie, but like the actual like puberty aspect of it is handled in a kind of interesting way, uh, you should uh, watch Ginger Snaps. Yeah, Ginger Snaps is great, and if you want to watch belated prequels to franchises that are burning out, may I recommend Tremors 4 from the beginning. <laughs> is that, that the last movie, one? Yeah, that movie has one amazing line that I always quote, where the Danny Trejo character is giving a rousing speech, and he says, this can be like our Alamo, and one of the <laughs> other guys says, but we lost at the Alamo, and Danny Trejo says, speak for yourself, gringo. <laughs> That's really that's, good. That's, it's a that's great, great. Line. It so deserves wait, a better the, movie. Did the Tremors movies become like all meta and woke? I guess. I guess. Maybe just <laughs> Tremors 4. Just Tremors 4. Well, yeah. Tremors 3 uh, featured flying Tremors that flew by farting. 
through the air. Yeah, that really jumped the graboid. That was, I felt like that was a bridge too far. I, for a second, I thought you were kidding. I'm pretty sure that is actually in Tremors. No, 3, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not kidding. That is absolutely the plot of Tremors three. I, when I was a kid, I remember Tremors two being really good, and then I watched it again recently, and it is decidedly not. <laughs> well, you know what? The dad from Family Ties, Michael Gross, needs work. <laughs> I want. I want them to make a million Tremors movie. I need Michael Gross to just keep working for. They made a. F- they made a new one recently, didn't they? Maybe it was a sci-fi original or something. I, feel they, like was, I thought they made a TV show. They made one without numbers. I I think I saw it on Netflix. Oh, no. Tremors 5 Bloodlines. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of. I've got great news, guys. Tremors 5 still stars Michael Gross. I'll give you three guesses what who his sidekick is. <laughs> he is... Like, uh, was it? Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Big, st- kind of not a big star, but like a name star so much so he had his own named TV show in like the late nineties. Andy Griffith. Is it, it, it <laughs> late nineties, early two thousands? Matlock. Matlock was in there. <laughs> is this a hybrid uh, Zayner Kane game? Zayner Kane, except it's who is second build in Trevor's Five. <laughs> uh, Billy Zane. No, hmm. there's no, there's no Kane either. There's no cane? No cane. We're not on the cane train, baby? Tremors 5 isn't. We are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 I don't know. I give up. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy. (laughs) Well, that's depressing. Yeah. I feel like even Tremors 5 is above Jamie Kennedy. (laughs) So, final thoughts. Uh, I think this movie is insane. Fever dream. Uh, it's def. It's like under 90 minutes. It's it's definitely worth your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch it it several times. Yes, it does not ask of you, like I said, it does not ask of you anything uh, unruly. It doesn't ask of you of anything, like, deep. It's just, like, going to be a weird run-through of just, like, moments and scenes. Like, the first act is is plotted, and then after that, it's just, like, a, like a swarm of moments. So, watch it. Uh, if you don't want to watch it, at least watch the top that scene. I feel like just to be, like... And the I like boys. You have to and the I like boys scene, which is <laughs> definitely I like, I like boys. boys. Uh, you, to at least be meme literate, I feel like you should you should watch both of those. I think everyone should watch this more than once. Um, I can't. It does reward. It's like it's like Finnegan's Wake, where it's like this is supposed. This is like a work where like this is the rest of your life is decoding this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you learn more, you come to the movie and it's already there. It's uh, it's it's. it's it, bizarre it's, it's important like to recognize those piece. perms yeah. are cyclical yeah it's like an op art piece like you can't take it all in at once there's too much to it <laughs> <laughs> that's because each scene is its own mini movie unconnected yeah. to the rest yeah so Liz, thank you so much again for joining us uh no we problem. already have kind of behind the scenes talked about your next appearance but you uh this was a ton of fun yeah. uh, our audience that was very much looking forward to this episode was a hundred percent right to to, be, <laughs> to feel that way. Yeah, no, this is a ton of fun, guys. So, so thank. Do you have anything to plug? I don't. I'm sorry. I I am I am plugless. So yeah, so listen to her last episode, which is also a good plug for us <laughs> on Jimkata, and then her next episode. Yeah. Uh, and if if there's anything else in the meantime, um, <laughs> we will let you know. Uh, so we'll we'll run through really quick here. Uh, so next week we are doing Newsies with Rachel Graff. We are doing uh, the Phantom of the Paradise with Dustin and Adam uh, Kosky, and then we're wrapping up the month with uh, Xanadu with Brandon Lede. So more musical fun 
probably with people actually singing the songs <laughs> to, to follow. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think the, the rest of the month is going to be more traditionally musical, though I do think this movie is is a musical. Yeah, it um, counts. We sort of, we sort of dipped our toes in it, but the movie only kind of dips its toes in it anyways. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for coming on, Liz. No problem. Anytime, guys. So how do you All guys right. want to get out of this episode? Do you want to like maybe just... Uh, I like the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's that's a pretty good way to end. I thought maybe we could do something kind of weird. Like maybe just wander. And be like force one of us through voodoo to whip our dicks out? Yeah. <laughs> Look, you don't have to use voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> to watch if you want to get in touch with us please reach out to us at either our website wltwpodcast.com or our facebook group facebook.com backslash we love to watch and uh yeah reach out to us give us some feedback give us some support uh, suggest movies for the show all that we are also available on soundcloud tune in stitcher and itunes thanks for listening